Whoa. Part two, we're doing a sequel here for the 31 Days of Dread, day 29. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes, part two. The original Hills Have Eyes part. I feel like you, you do have to say it, just because the, the remakes uh, were so good, were so well executed. Let's hit that music, because we're, we're just going to go right into the synopsis about this movie, because it's all 80s. Straight up 80s. So, what, what does that even mean? Uh, look, so, what are, what are the things we see in 80s horror movies? Uh, 80 horror movies, 80 comedies. Uh, most 80s uh, like dramas or Hollywood-driven movies. I would say 80s, like indie kind of, like like off-center in indie. Um, and by off-center indie, I mean uh, like independent companies that had real distribution, like Calico, and there's a whole big list of them. But th there was more of a uh, of an industry outside of Hollywood studios uh, in the 80s for movies. And so we have like very 80s comedies, like License to Drive, very 80s slasher movies, like The Nightmare on Elm Street and the Friday the 13th movies. And this this movie is a direct response to Friday the 13th. Uh, it was probably known at that point that the, the Hills Have Eyes from 1977 is resonating uh it, it's moving forward and you know like it's not going away and we we have the original director he has an idea uh we think we can run in and be a part of this wave part of this trend and cash in so a lot of these trends are not like purposeful they're a, they're of the culture they are it's it's society it's american life uh, at the time and even the hills have eyes part two 1985 Oh, taking a big gulp of water there. Uh, Hills Have Eyes, Part 2, 1985, is a historical document. Uh, one one to the point where it's, yeah, it, uh, it should at least be watched once. I, at least once, at least twice, maybe twice. Uh, I thought I, I said before in the previous episode, this movie has one, one of the best opening narrations in Hollywood history. It perfectly sets the stage. Uh, sets up the title. Um, again, it's a fantastic title, but hearing it within context uh, and having a whole narration lead into the title of the movie, it's, it's masterful, very well executed. And this movie, so the first act of this movie is hurt so much by flashbacks, but it's interesting and it's it's to be noted. The, the movie begins with one of our survivors, and I really, like, I kind of want to spoil things. I kind of don't because I want everyone to, to watch this. One of our survivors is in a therapy session, and the therapist suggests that he go back. He go, like, just get back there so you can overcome this, overcome these demons that you have. And it's, it's essentially a real-time sequel. So you've been haunted by this. You have to go back. You, you need to return to the scene of the crime and resolve this, okay? Overcome this hill. Pun intended. So he kind of does this with a uh, like a motorcycle uh, cross, um, you know, like excite bike <laughs> type uh, type of thing. And, you know, and like eventually they, these guys again like kind of get stranded. They're in the wrong spot, and the same thing happens again. But now we have it with uh, dirt bike racers. 
Uh, so, and this is the part of the the 80s in this movie that just screams. It just raises. It's kind of like a, a little bit of the movie just kept uh, reminding me of Red. Uh, if Red was like a slasher movie, uh, this this would have been it. And it's kind of funny because the this movie swivels where these newer teens, like the teen, it's almost like the the teens of the 80s were watching slasher movies and they go off. And, you know, they become a part of The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Like, they they absorb slasher movie tropes by this point, And they've responded, and they kind of, like, get the upper hand on, the, you know, this cannibal clan that is still there. Uh, and it's kind of funny. It's just like, oh, my God, they're just, like, kicking their asses. Uh, and then, again, a couple swerves, 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 and people just start dying. And the, the 80s part of this movie that resonated outside of the bike is the kids we kind of have a we have a token uh, which is again common uh we have gratuitous sex teenage sex and we have teenagers just uh you know kind of like people say teenagers making bad decisions look man they're just being teenagers they're written as such they're acted as such teen what what the heck do teenagers even know they they will not survive anything if, if any if anything in any slasher movie happens around a teenager the teenager will not live even in real life okay because teenagers are brash and they make bad decisions that's just the way how I feel anyway but yeah uh, so we have uh, it's kind of like predator style uh, traps <laughs> uh, so and we have like a just the uber cannibal he's like he's called the grim reaper and they're building him up and then we have like the surviving cannibal from the first one uh i forget the guy's name uh he's he's all over the uh, the artwork it's a very weird looking guy it had a whole career in, in hollywood i'm forgetting his name i'm butchering it and so we like we're back to where almost like the like the last act so this movie jumps right into the last act of the Hills Out Have Eyes, its predecessor, which is we're running around rocks, we're chasing one another. Sometimes they're chasing the cannibals, sometimes the cannibals are chasing them. It's kind of, it's very Tom and Jerry-ish. Uh, and then we have traps, and we have some cool deaths, <laughs> uh, some unexpected deaths, and it's just, look, it's, it's, it's a straight-up fun movie. Uh, that uses flashbacks in the first act in in a very aggressive way to remind people of where some of these characters were, how they got there. Dude, like even the dog, the dog that survived the first movie has a flashback, uh, and and the dog actually kills someone this time uh, by pushing them off the cliff. <laughs> so, like you know, like it's it's still a just brutal driven horror movie. Uh, it is un uncompromising. Uh, just talking to you now uh, because we're, I'm kind of recording uh, these next two days back to back. Okay, and just one big sit down session for me. Yeah, the the original Hells of Eyes has a there's a consequence to the murders and to the actions. Uh, I really think that resonated and, and brought the separated of the other films of the day. Uh, this is very much the same. Now the difference is that the original. Uh, could stand out because it was low competition. Hills of Eyes Part 2 just gets washed away because there's pieces of it that are um, unoriginal, no memorable deaths, 
uh, it's only noteworthy because it's a part two, and it's it's not a fully conceived sequel. So uh, Wes Craven, you know, like it, it really kind of uh, at this point he was a at a height of his power. He could kind of maybe do anything because at this point Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street. I apologize, was out. It was in the world. It was in the membrane of the psyche, uh, the collective psyche. So for him to, to go down this route and make this decision, uh, you, you have to question it. And again, I, I do want to know uh, absolutely like the, the most. I want to know more about this, this movie because uh, I'm very curious on how it came to be, what the intent was. The, I hate to say, but the intent was to seem to like hit the marketplace. I uh, hope it was good enough and, and hope that it, it resonated because it kind of like there's there's a, like not a potential for part three, but there was no potential for part two after part one. Uh, this movie begins in in a in such a way where you you get it like you get why there's going to be a need for someone to return to like you know essentially the the gravesite of their family uh which is very, like almost like more psychologically like it's a psychological thriller driven and you know like the demons of, of the past type driven movie now with with all that being said uh yeah could this movie have been uh, better acted could have been could the special effects could the shoot itself be better uh could the editing be be better uh yeah i know like there's some chase scenes that are just like they just go on they're just running through rocks and you're just like what the heck uh but it's kind of cool when they're running through rocks wearing uh uh cross uh, motor motor track uh gear the the uh the biker gear you know, with the shoulder pads and, and helmets and, and things like that. It's, it, it does look cool. And the bright colors for the uh, the uniforms. But, yeah, uh, you know, like, I would say no. Because I do believe, that technically, uh, even from an acting standpoint, writing standpoint, like, it's all there. Uh, what's not there is just the ideas and what's happening. That's That's not what's clicking. It just needed better ideas uh, in in this limited environment. Uh, they needed a better reason to get there. They needed a uh, better conflict once they were there. The um, they could have done more with the cannibals. Um, and and th this is very much uh, you see what they did in two thousand and six, and you compare it to this movie, and and you see you see the the cannibals, and you see the family, and you're just like okay, like this. This is how it should have been in part two. The, the, like they they figured it out. They they knew exactly what had to get done, which is kind of funny because uh, I think a similar mindset between like this and like so we go from seventy seven to two thousand and six, and we see this evolution. We see we see just like transference of mindset, and. It's exactly in my eyes what happened with uh, Star Wars New Hope and Force Awakens and happened with Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Begins. Uh, you know, kind of X-Men and X-Men First Class. Uh, you know, like, you, we've seen it. So, this analysis is there. Uh, this awareness is definitely there. It's there in New Hollywood. It does exist. And 
uh, yeah, it's it's just uh, this movie's just a l- little bit disappointing, but it's it's again it's noteworthy. It's noteworthy to understand uh, where this film was in Wes Craven's career, uh, where the industry was at the time, and hey, um, you know, kind of like what the conventions for horror movies were, which is teenagers and and dirty sex and bad decisions and you know almost like a rebellious uh indestructible attitude that teenagers had i remember like my sister and i we like i watch a movie like this and i just i, I see my sister and myself as some of these characters but like just in like straight cockiness and maybe my sister and i were cocky <laughs> but I, I i do think it was an attitude of teenagers uh then um, totally not one of the attitudes now, obviously, because everyone's fragile. You can't say anything anymore to anybody. You're, you're going to upset them, so you, you, you got to be careful. But yeah, uh, definitely worth checking out uh, just to see like a an early idea, an early representation of a real time sequel. Um, to see kind of what what they were trying to do with movies at the time try, uh, to see where the industry was at the time uh to know what this level of independent horror movie where why it existed and where again like where it was where does it lie uh, this is a middle of the pack movie for sure but yeah uh signing off everyone uh, anyone that has um any information about this movie just let me know Hit me up on Instagram, aka Pad13, Twitter, aka Pad, Snapchat, aka Pad, aka Pad on Facebook, and Peter A. DeLuca on the Facebook, and aka Pad.com if you just want to shoot me a, a direct message. But yeah, uh, Peter, everyone, that was a little burp. Uh, have a good day. Signing off. Dream Warriors, 31 Days of Dread, day 29. Oh my God, we're two. We're two away. I'm pumped.